What's going on, guys? Jordan Stoltz, your host of the Fitness, Food, and Freedom podcast. This is episode 402 of the podcast. Today, I want to answer a few listener questions, talk about some things that I'm doing in my own training, kind of an experiment that I'm doing. I thought I'd share that with you guys this week and give a little update on what I've been doing. So thank you for listening to another episode. Thank you for joining me for another one and for sticking with the Triple F podcast. We're about to undergo maybe a couple big changes that I'm pretty excited for. So be sure you subscribe to the podcast. You do not miss a thing. Follow me on Instagram at Stoltz Jordan, S-T-O-L-Z-J-O-R-D-A-N. I put a lot of kind of family, home, farm content on there, but that is also where I would announce anything big happening with the show. And there are some things in the works. So be sure you stay tuned for that. Enough hoopla. I'm going to get into today's show where I talk about athleticism, the top three moves that I choose to improve athleticism, hit versus steady state cardio, and a little experiment I'm doing with my own training, something I've never done before. Let's get started. Welcome to the Fitness, Food, and Freedom Podcast. Keep listening for some awesome advice on health, motivation, and becoming a better version of yourself. Be sure to tune in every week for Motivation Monday, Workout Wednesday, and Foodie Friday. Behind the mic today, your host, a strength and conditioning coach, husband, and businessman, Jordan Stoltz. What's up, everybody? Jordan Stoltz here, back with another show. As I said in the intro, episode 402 of the podcast, and I have a few things to talk about today. I did want to start with the podcast, you know, just kind of updating you guys on my life and what I've been doing, and also fill you in on a little training experiment that I'm going to be doing for the next at least three months, and it might even be longer than that if I enjoy it, and I'm kind of leaning towards enjoying it, at least so far. I'll go into that and answer any questions you guys have about that in future episodes. It's been the busy season on the farm. If you guys didn't know, I moved from Austin, Texas to North Dakota uh, to live near our family farm. So I've been helping out a lot with that. So I also work full-time as a nutrition coach. I'll work my full job as a nutrition coach, do some side projects like some video editing and podcast here and there and some things like that. Plus, we have an eight-month-old baby, uh, actually just about nine months old but when this podcast comes out. And um, also, it's been the very busy season for the family farm. So a lot of things going on, a lot of big um, time sucks, you know, and things that I want to dedicate my time and attention to. So the podcast has been a little bit irregular, but... It is what it is, and I've really decided, like with everything, the you know the YouTube channel, the podcasting, even training to a certain extent. Some of it's non-negotiable for me, but a lot of it is just a matter of priorities. And I've talked about that before, but I am kind of getting back into the swing of things now that summer's here and things are a little bit more tame. You know, a nine-month-old baby is. Not to jinx myself, but a little easier than like a newborn. And the farm is slowing down a little bit now that it's getting to be summertime. And then also, um, you know, work is just steady kind of things. There's nothing going up and down as far as being busy. It's pretty 
normal right now. And then um, it's, you know, training is what it is. And that's kind of what my experiment is about. So, you know, I've come from an athletic or at least strength coach, exercise science background. And with that background comes a lot of um, overanalyzing on the programming side of things. I think that is something that is a strength of mine is the programming, understanding why people do uh, different programs and why you would program things different ways. But a lot of times that can, can kind of actually hold you back when you're a little bit busy, when you aren't necessarily prioritizing training, um, you know, as a top thing to think you have to do a perfect program can sometimes get in the way. And a perfect program, it's it's relatively easy to follow, but I wanted to try something a little bit different kind of as I'm uh, getting more into actually increasing muscle and gaining some strength and trying to actually chase certain numbers, which, you know, my unofficial goals is really to increase my presses, which would be incline bench, bench press. I want to get incline bench somewhere around 275 would be a good goal for me to hit and then just you know get over that 315 mark on a bench press I think that is something I'm shooting for and then also um, I kind of want to get my back squat comfortable again and I'm not necessarily chasing numbers as much as I'm just chasing um, efficiency and just feeling good dropping down with a lot of weight it kind of just by taking some time off uh, started to feel almost like a little bit more foreign movement when I've typically been a pretty good squatter in the past so those are some goals that I've had and then um, some conditioning ones as well that I won't get into right now but though I had those goals and you know, we're setting out to accomplish these and kind of wanted to try something a little bit different. I usually follow some variation of an upper lower split with my workouts. It's kind of what I like to do. I like four to five workouts a week. That's usually my sweet spot. And I've experimented with less and I've experimented with more. And I usually fall somewhere in between. Now I want to actually dedicate being right in between and I'm trying out full body as my experiment, which I've never done past being a complete beginner. So the typical advice in the space is full body workouts are a great method for beginners. And there was a little craze and a little spike in popularity of these kind of the last few years, people trying higher frequency programs and training full body a lot of times per week. I'm just hitting full body three times a week and then a couple days a week doing dedicated sessions to body parts that I care about, which in my case is back and shoulders. So that's that's some things I'm working on kind of as little mini sessions in between. But in general, hitting three full body workouts with volume per workout per body part pretty low, right? We're talking like f- three to eight sets probably per body part. Like if you think of chest, three to eight sets, it's anywhere from three sets like a bench press all the way to like maybe two exercises of four sets each, so eight total sets of some kind of presses, which is pretty low volume. But over the course of the week, doing the frequency of three times a week, it adds up to being three times whatever that workout would be or whatever all of the sets added up for the week are going to be for that body part. And I'm giving it a try because I've never given it a proper try when I actually have programming knowledge knowledge about what I can recover from 
I mean, even good exercise form, probably the last time I actually did full body training was me learning exercises and getting better at them and seeing those neurological gains when, you know, what I really want to do is see if I can actually improve strength, gain muscle using full body workouts um, for a long period of time and kind of experimenting with the frequency thing. Never really been something I've been a fan of. I don't really like the five-time, six-time full-body training with a super high frequency, so that's why I'm doing three. I can answer more questions about that and how I'm doing this experiment later on, but it's pretty basic, to be honest, and I'm trying to actually stick to basic. So, like I said, you can overanalyze programming, get caught up in the details. I do that all the time. It's fun. So that's really one of the reasons why I get a little bit caught up in it is because it's not stress. It's more like it's fun for all those variables. But I am kind of trying to follow the mantra that I'll get, you know, bored before I'll get strong or I'll get bored before I get big or I'll get bored before I hit my goals. And that is um, what I'm trying to do is kind of just run a boring program where I can progress easily um, it, everything's clear, everything's periodized, laid out. So it is good programming, um, but it's fairly basic. Someone looking at the program would think that this was something you could easily just come up, anyone could come up with or find online. And it's probably true because, um, I'm just trying to follow this at least a few months with a few deloads in there, you know, proper programming still is important to me, but we'll see what happens and we'll see how, how many improvements I can make and what the effects are of doing things more regularly. I already can tell you from the increased frequency, my squat is feeling so good, a lot better than it has. And that's just from doing it three days a week in some variation. I'm doing usually a back squat one day, a front squat the other day, and then a lunge the other day. So getting the training in with two of those being squat focus and the day I'm not squatting, I'm actually doing some kind of deadlift variation. So I'm getting a lot of that hinging or squatting, whereas before it was probably one time a week. And then sometimes I even did a phase without it at all. So hopefully I'll see some other big improvements on the things I'm chasing. That's my experiment that I'm playing with right now. I want to start out episode 402 with that. And then I want to get into the first question, answering two today. And the first one is going to be, what are your top moves for increased athleticism? This person plays pickup basketball, is a competitive athlete in in uh, her lifting, and just wants to know how to improve athleticism, not necessarily gain size. So there's some things to talk about here about athleticism that I want to touch on, and then I'm going to give you your top three moves for athleticism in general. Um the number one thing I want to touch on is, of course, athleticism is very specific uh, to your sport. So if you're talking about a sport, you know, what came to my mind for some reason is rowing. If you're a competitive rower, like so specific, right, doing jumps and power cleans and a bunch of athletic movements, quote unquote, is probably good, but it's not going to help you as much as getting picture perfect technique over and over again on your rowing strokes and practicing that. So maybe on a scale that more people listening to this can relate to, if you want to power lift and you want to, oh, that's a bad example. That's just pure strength running. Let's say you want to run 
and uh, you want to know how to be more athletic for running, there are things you can do to strengthen your running and improve your mechanics and your endurance and the strength where you're going, but nothing's going to improve you like actually logging miles, right? And you you guys probably know that if you've tried running or running a marathon or something like that, nothing beats just getting used to running and getting so much repetition under your belt. The same goes for anything, even something seemingly random like CrossFit or something like that or a Spartan race where uh, you don't really know what's coming but you can still, um, you can still very much so replicate the kinds of movements that are going to be in there and improve on those. So, if it's CrossFit, you know you need to be strong. But the athleticism is, you know, running, gymnastics, that kind of thing. Once you're good and practiced and skilled at those things, uh, you're going to be a lot farther ahead than just a pure athlete. And that's a really big thing. I think another thing that's important to note is that athleticism, I think, is very related to body composition. Not always, but it's definitely going to help you out unless you're a genetic freak of some kind. You know, working with football teams, um, other sports like throwers and track and field and baseball players even sometimes, uh, you see some freak athletes in the collegiate level where they are a very high body fat percentage and they do weigh, you know, 250 to 300 pounds and can run faster than any person you've ever seen in your life. It's almost freaky to see. Um, They can jump high. They're strong, explosive. Those people are rare, right? And maybe that's you, but probably losing body fat is going to help you be more athletic. And a lot of times the people that I'm talking about If their position didn't require that kind of size, losing body fat would help them as well. So, you know, an offensive lineman, they need to be big like that. But if they would lose some body fat, they would probably be more objectively athletic, even though maybe not to that specific position. Again, specificity is huge. But athleticism is really related to body fat percentage, I think. Um, You know, if you can maintain a very lean body fat percentage, you're going to be quicker, you're going to be faster, you're going to have better endurance, uh, you might even gain muscle easier, and you're definitely going to be just in shape and ready for anything. So losing body fat is big. Those two things, you know, are really big. So if this person, you know, writing to me wanting to improve athleticism, pick up basketball is what you're concerned about. Play a lot of pickup basketball. That's going to get you in shape for pickup basketball because it's so specific, right? You running sprints on a football field will help, but it's not going to help as much as playing for 20 minutes straight with hardly any rest in a pickup basketball game. And if you're worried about being in shape, but you're 25% body fat, dropping to 18% body fat is going to make a huge difference on how you feel the stress your joints are taking, and how you can move on the court if you're talking about this specific question. Those things are big, but there are movements that the strength coach in me has to bring up that are going to increase your athleticism big time. And if I was just picking movements, these are the ones I would probably pick for improving athleticism. Now, these are all probably going to seem like lower body lifts, which is on purpose. You know, I think the upper body lifts, 
I don't think they really deserve a place in a top three for athleticism. I considered including a vertical-ish press, like an incline bench press or maybe an overhead press, but I kind of figured it's good strength to have and it's developing the right muscles. You know, it's relatively specific to some things, but most of the time um, it's not actual athleticism. When I think athleticism, I'm thinking cutting side to side. I'm thinking jumping. I'm thinking running. I'm thinking being explosive and um, things like that. And, you know, strength is big too. And full body compound strength is kind of what I'm thinking about. So let's dive into it. Move number one. And I would probably say this is the king. And a lot of people that missed it might disagree with me. And it's funny because I don't even include this in my own program. So it's not like the best movement of all time. But if I'm just talking athleticism, which I just define for you, running, jumping, cutting, that kind of thing, trap bar deadlift, I think is king. And the reason being, it's pretty safe. Most people can do it. You can load it really heavy. So you're getting a lot of stress in your system, which is going to help. Um, there's multiple variations you can do with a trap bar, high handle, low handle, off blocks, a deficit. You can change the range of motion in a, a way that really helps you hit different sticking points in something like a jump or a strength. And then also it's essentially what a jump is. If you do like a high handle trap bar deadlift, if you look at the pattern, that's essentially what jumping is. And jumping to me is one of the best displays of athleticism. And a trap bar deadlift is pretty much a half squat, right? If you think about it, it's not as much of a hinge like a normal deadlift as it's more of a half squat where you're, you just barely dip down and then explode up. That's essentially what a trap bar deadlift is. Only you have to control that weight on the way down and pull a lot more weight going up. I believe it's a really good move for that increasing vertical jump and power off of two feet. So I included it in here. And of course, it's easy to do. It's it's kind of idiot proof. It, you're not going to get hurt doing it. And there's a lot of variations you can do with a trap bar deadlift. Total lower body strength and even some upper body strength involved there. Love the compound aspect to it. Number two, I was leaning this way because I put a trap bar deadlift as number one. And that's a very, very um, bilateral movement, both feet, right? And I think that an athletic movement to me would be unilateral, would be far more athletic and would improve your athleticism more than bilateral for the most part. So I put lunges on here and maybe that's cheating, but I like just lunges because there's a lot of variations you can do of lunges, reverse lunges, split squats, walking lunges. If you're going to make me pick, I would say walking lunges um, because you're actually moving and it's just a much different thing than standing in one place, picking up a bar off of a ground. You know, you are moving in a pattern that is essentially like running. Again, I'm actually pretty specific here, right? Trap bar deadlift is jumping. Lunging is essentially like a run. You're hip extension, knee extension, that kind of thing. And increasing your strength in your glutes. And really that's what it's for, right? Because question why, you know, why is there more lower body stuff than upper is because that's powerful, right? Powerful quads, powerful hamstrings. Of course, the glutes 
are the source of power and athleticism. If you want to run fast, if you were looking for someone who's running fast, who's jumping high, they probably have big, powerful glutes and lunges are going to hit that more than anything you can do. You know, squats are going to hit them, I guess, but I think lunges are much more athletic and you can still overload them in a very effective way. Number three I am including is the hang clean. And this one I was hesitant to put in. This is kind of where I was debating throwing in a press or something, or maybe even a push press or something explosive for the upper body. But I did go with the hang clean because I just plain believe it's the most effective movement for being explosive. Again, there's variations to it, right? The power clean would be considered a very advanced um, like Olympic lift, bar on the ground, clean it up, catch it on the front rack position. But there's other variations, right? Which any athlete, Olympic lifter, even CrossFitter will tell you, you can do high pulls, you can do snatch grip high pulls, you can do uh, just clean pulls, which are a little bit lower. You can do in between a clean pull and a high pull. So maybe uh, I don't know, rib cage level pulls. You can change the grip on those. You can do clean jumps where you're just doing the bottom portion of a hang clean without catching it. But if you can put it all together and you can figure out the technical aspect of it, which might require some coaching and a lot of practice, the hang clean is going to really improve your explosiveness. It's the same thing almost as a trap bar deadlift in the fact that it's very much so mimicking an athletic movement of hip extension. And that's what you're doing. It It's a half squat you start in, you dip down, you pull up, and it's a full body extension, right? Your hips are extending, your back is a little bit, you're pulling a little bit with your, with your upper back, very slightly. It's more of a float, and then you're catching it finishing it in some kind of a squat, um, which isn't the important part. The catch really isn't, but you're getting such a good explosive effort out of that hang clean. So if you are actually looking to be athletic, jump higher, run faster, you know, even move side to side more effectively, try to include hang cleans in your program for a while. Don't just try them out. Actually get good at them, use heavy weight, and increase your hang clean numbers you know, in low rep sets, like one to four reps, and you're increasing that weight over time, and you'll see your athleticism shoot through the roof, especially if you're including other movements like the trap bar deadlift for your pure, pure raw strength, lunges for unilateral strength, and those glutes, and then of course, keeping a low body fat percentage, and doing things specific to your training. This is the kind of stuff that excites me with my own training, right? I I really don't get that excited about moves to build a big bigger biceps, right? I might make episodes on that content or put those kind of movements in my program, but that's what some people want and that's what excites some people, which is cool, you know, if it excites you. What excites me is being super athletic at 30 or 40 or 50 or 60. That's cool to me to be able to not get hurt playing a sport, to jump high, to run fast, to you know work on my family farm and I walk up to a pickup bed and just jump up onto it instead of climb up onto it. Like that kind of thing, I'm I get weird about and I love it. 
I think the way I got into training was vertical jump training just completely, right? And that's probably why, because when I first started learning about strength training and weightlifting and plyometrics and all these different things, it was because I wanted to jump higher for basketball. So, you know, those movements that I just listed are all included in a good jump program. And of course, I was doing those and doing everything under the sun to do that. But because I was chasing that goal so hard, I think, you know, I just fell in love with that kind of process to feel athletic, feel so good, and to feel yourself getting higher and faster and things are more effortless. That's a good feeling no matter if you play a competitive sport or not. All right, the next question today we're going to touch on, and I say touch on because there's an individual aspect to this question, but this person wants to know my thoughts on hit cardio versus steady state cardio. All right, and you know, cardio is cardio, I guess, and if you're talking about why do I think you should do cardio, uh, I think your focus for cardio should be the health aspect to it. Heart health is very important. Staying in shape, staying athletic, all that's very important. Okay. I think we can all agree there. And the unfortunate part of the this question and probably where everyone's mind goes when I talk about things like hit cardio or steady state cardio is you're thinking about fat loss. And I really like to shy away from having people think of cardio as a fat loss tool. It should be something you enjoy doing. It should be a hobby. It should be something to just get you in shape. Um, And it should be something to keep you healthy and living a long time. Those are the things that should motivate you with cardio because it's not that effective alone as a tool for fat loss. Yes, you're burning calories. Yes, that's important. Yes, what's true is the majority of people in the country, in the world, and definitely listening to this podcast would improve their health and lower their body fat by doing cardio. But it's not the most effective long-term route if your goal is to burn calories, right? And if your goal is to burn calories, I think the answer is hit cardio, which is why it blew up in popularity so much because you can get such a high calorie burn out of a shorter time period, okay? And even if you're talking about the athleticism standpoint we were just talking about sprinting battle ropes kettlebells burpees all these things probably better than just jogging like a hamster right however if you're talking about the things that i want you to focus on for cardio it might not be the best option so i want you to focus on the health aspect from cardio but play the long game in losing body fat which is doing it through your diet learning proper nutrition and also Um, building muscle and focusing on strength so you change your body composition with more muscle over time, less fat over time, and you're telling your body, you're creating an environment for your body where it'll burn more calories at rest with the more muscle, you'll have an easier time losing fat if it comes back, you're creating a base where just cardio burning calories alone won't necessarily give you that, which is why I focus so hard on the strength training. It's not because it's better for you or better for your heart. It's just the long game of creating an environment where it's just easier for you to maintain a healthy life. And in the long run, it is a good factor of longevity as well. 
So if I want you to focus on those things, I would probably pick steady state. And while this question is pretty vague, I have to give the edge to steady state cardio, uh, specifically walking and very low intensity stuff. Now, if you're again, if you're just talking calorie burn, do something more intense. That, of course, is going to burn more calories in the moment. And in a way, I like to include that sometimes because it's also going to increase mental toughness, which is big for me and something I like to do and get excited about. But in general, if you're talking about losing fat, doing cardio for the right reasons, walking gives you so much. It's a little bit meditative, right? You're getting some mental benefits from walking. It's very low impact. You're not hurting joints. You're probably actually improving blood flow and recovery. And that's the other thing is recovery. It's not impeding your strength training recovery where I see hit cardio really getting into that. You know, if you're trying to get a better squat, but then you're sprinting four times a week, you are not improving your squat as much as you could if you weren't doing the sprints because uh, you're just doing so many conflicting things and just training your body so much. It's all volume. It's all work to those body parts and to your body as a whole if it's intense. So what isn't intense is just living a very active lifestyle, having an active hobby, moving around a lot, taking steps, walking, maybe a jog, maybe once or twice a week you do some hit cardio or some sprints. Um, so I guess my answer to the question, hit cardio or steady state, is is it possible to have both? Because you can include one session or two of higher intensity cardio and then just focus on the steady state. But if I have to pick for the intention that I want cardio to be in people's lives, it's steady state. And hit cardio can sometimes cause more harm than good. Although if you're just trying to burn calories as fast as you can, you might as well be more intense. That's it for today. Um, a couple questions I wanted to answer today and we're all finished up. But the thing I did want to touch on as well was this little training experiment that I'm doing. So I'll let you know how that thing goes. You know, full body is a different kind of thing for me. A few weeks in, I'm, I'm on week four or five right now or something like that, like mid week four. And I can tell you that joints could feel a little bit better. I could tell you that. Um, I think that a deload is coming soon. And I think that the frequency has helped my strength movements be more efficient. And um, I'm just technically there, but it's a little bit harder build up with the frequency than just doing it all in one session. So I'll report back. Maybe I'll adapt, get used to it, and give you guys a full report. There's big things to come on the Triple F podcast, Fitness, Food, and Freedom. Be sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything. If you want your question answered on the show, you can just submit it to the email in the description of the podcast, jordanstoltzfitness at gmail.com or on Instagram at stoltzjordan, and I will answer your question on this podcast for all to hear and for you to get a live, um, hopefully not too rambly answer from me over uh, your headphones. Thank you for listening to another episode 402 of the podcast, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Triple F Podcast. Please leave a five-star iTunes review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Tune in next time for more great tips on, on fitness, fitness, food, and, and freedom. freedom.